Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's word, how we're called to live, challenging topics and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love his truth, live his truth and spread his truth. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Truth Talks with Tara, friend. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with me again in this episode. I have been loving sitting down to record these episodes because it truly feels like I'm sitting down and chatting with you over coffee or tea or whatever is your vibe, and that's the coolest thing. For this episode, I am so excited to talk about how to apply God's word. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big Bible study nerd. I love talking about and teaching other people how to read the Bible. So I've been just dying to chat with you about this because application is a huge step in studying the Bible, and we all desperately need to know how. And not just to know how, but know why it's important and truly let it change our lives. I used to struggle with this step to be super honest with you, how to apply the scripture and why it's actually important. Like most of us, I'm assuming I used to open up the Bible, read it for 10 minutes, shut it, and then go my own merry way. Well, what was the problem with that? Well, there was no call to action. I wasn't sitting down with God, aiming to take what I had just read and ask, how does this passage work? What is it conveying to me, the reader? What does it actually mean? For me, the truth was being read with my mind and seen with my eyes, but it wasn't going any deeper than that. 
In other words, the truth I was reading, literally God's word, wasn't impacting my life afterward. Now hear me on this. It's not because God's word was insufficient or lacked the power. On the contrary, friend, it was me. It was my problem, my faulty thinking, assuming that I didn't need to do more than just read it. Can you relate? Can you remember a time that you did the same? Honestly, we've all been there. But here's the cool thing. God didn't intend for the Bible just to be surface knowledge in our lives. He didn't mean for it to go in one ear and then out the other. He had a bigger plan from the beginning of time. He meant for us to understand it. Understanding means grasping the concepts, themes, and message of something. We have to understand what God's word means to be able to practice the truth in our day-to-day lives. That's what application is, living it day in, day out, to let the Bible do something to us so that God's truth becomes the fuel behind every step we take. That's true life-changing application in its essence. So let's break it down. Application seeks deeper. Its motives are higher than the surface, just like we talked about. Bible reading and study was never meant to only fascinate and excite us, but to also change us. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What Paul is saying here is that the world we live in still threatens us, even in Christ. Sure, we're secure in Him and our salvation, but this world is tempting. But the beauty is that our lives are changed as our minds are made new, and that's by reading the Word, studying the Word, and applying it. It all starts in our hearts, then minds, and then overflows into our actions. Psalm 119 is also one of my favorite passages, laying out the beauty of God's word. David sings about how much he loves God's word, but he also sings about how following and loving God's word changes his life. David loves God's word because it was given to him by his father, and it holds promise for life-giving change. He saw both sides. For example, verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Did you hear that? David has come to know the Lord and his word so well that he cracked the code. He hit the gold mine. He realized that God's word isn't only beautiful words and truth to read, but it's also beautiful truth to live and follow. He saw it worthy to be applied to his life. And yet another example, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 tells us that the Bible is useful for so many things and what the Bible is profitable for, in what ways God intended it to benefit his people. The passage says that the Bible is God-breathed, meaning its origin is divine. The reason that God's word holds so much power is because of God himself, the author. Paul goes on to say that God's word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Did you catch that? What did Paul say about the Bible? He said it had so many benefits, so many applications in our lives, to train, equip, correct, and more, all for the purpose that we would be men and women of God, equipped to do God's work. This tells us that the Bible is sufficient, meaning more than enough, to apply to every single area of our lives. How clear and how cool is that, right? We just need to be good studiers and readers of his word. Before we move on, I want to share one more passage that talks about how God and his word can truly change our lives when we actually apply it. Let's keep laying the groundwork for a little bit more in God's word and then we'll get to the nitty gritty. James 1 talks about the importance of not only hearing the word or reading the word, but pairing it with doing the word. James 4, 22 through 25 hits the nail on the head. Let's read it together. 
but be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." boom, mic drop, go James, am I right? At the beginning of that passage, he lays out the proper response to the word of God, not just reading and hearing it, but doing it, living it out, allowing it to take root in our lives. Right after that, he uses the analogy of a mirror. The mirror represents the word of God. So he's basically reminding us to not only look in the mirror or read the word of God, but to remember what our face looks like and do what it says. Here's the kicker. We have the Holy Spirit now. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were under the old laws and weren't sufficient enough to save or change. But now that Jesus has come and given us his spirit, we now have the capacity to be set free and be a doer. That's applying the scripture right there, friend. All right, how cool were those passages? I wanted to take the time to really dig into what each one meant and lay the foundation. Now let's get into the how-tos, both how to not apply the scripture and how to apply it. Side note, it's really important and so beautiful actually to know how to study scripture in context and all that sweet nitty gritty. Today we're just touching on application, but don't worry. I have an episode coming out on that soon with a special guest, so get hyped. <laughs> let's briefly talk about how not to apply scripture first. Like we've talked about before, oftentimes it can be helpful to talk about what something is not so that we can clearly know what it is. Here are a couple incorrect ways to apply scripture. The first way is out of context. Again, we'll dive deeper into this in an upcoming episode, but this is probably the most dangerous fault in application. What I mean by taking things out of context is I mean not reading and understanding the passage as a whole. I've been guilty of this, don't get me wrong, but it's when we pluck a verse or a few out of its chapter on its own with not looking at other verses around it. And why is that dangerous? Well, it's dangerous because verses are meant to be read in a whole so we can see the entire picture, the way that God intended it to be. So the same goes when we are seeking to find the application of something. We need to be diligent about studying and reading in context because if we don't, our application will be skewed too. Another incorrect way is by basing the application or meaning off of our preconceived notions. Let's face it, we all have preconceived notions or beliefs. In other words, we all have ideas, thoughts, or opinions that are formed throughout life by way of various factors. They may be biased or formed before we see the whole picture. You know, that's just a part of life. But the danger is when we take those preconceived notions and biases and project them onto scripture. We always have to remember, dear friend, God and his word alone is truth and everything else must bow to it. As hard as it may be, if we love Jesus and desire to follow him wholeheartedly, we have to come with a humble heart. We have to be willing to surrender our ideas and assumptions to God's word, ultimately trusting that it is higher. And lastly, by not spending diligent time studying is an incorrect way to apply scripture. I know that sometimes studying the Bible and getting to know God can seem like a lot of work. It can seem like too much time, too many fancy words, and too much energy. But sweet sis, God never meant for it to be overwhelming. He truly never meant for it to be something done begrudgingly. 
Again, Christianity isn't legalism. It isn't doing something to gain God's favor. It's loving God so much and then from that love, overflowing with the desire to get to know him and follow him. But we fall short when we approach application lazily by not being diligent and intentional about studying. We fall short when we don't see it as important and then we can fall into the trap of misinterpreting God's word. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash truth talks. Now that we know some ways that we shouldn't apply scripture, now let's look at how to properly apply in a few steps and tips. This is the good good, sis. First and foremost, when we're reading the Bible, seeking to understand it and then apply it, we should always start with prayer. Heck, we should pray continually throughout the whole process. Why? Because prayer is connection with our Father. The Bible tells us over and over that prayer is a way to thank Him, praise Him, connect with Him, and ask Him for things. When I'm reading the Word, I always try to pray and ask the Lord for understanding, focus, and discernment. The truth is, no matter how scholarly or versed we are in the Bible, we always need God's wisdom. And the beauty is that in faith, we can always approach God and ask Him for His wisdom, knowing that He will come through for us. The Bible guarantees it. The Spirit living inside of us guarantees it. So application, and really everything, should be rooted in deep dependence on the Lord for His wisdom and understanding. If we want to honor His Word, follow Him wholeheartedly, and apply His life-giving truths, we need Him. Secondly, as we read, may we always remember the importance of coming humbly. Proverbs 11.2 tells us that humility is wisdom, surrendering our opinions for God's truth. It's coming with an open mind, open heart, and open hands. Humility is lowering ourselves under God's authority where we belong. Why is that so important? Well, if we truly want to know God's word and be transformed by it, we have to know it the way he intended. And we can't do that without a humble heart. We can't do that without submitting ourselves to him. And it's not oppressive or undermining to be humble. In Christ, it's actually freeing. It's transformative. It's our way of acknowledging that God holds all of the truth and we need it. Next, we should know how to relate to the Bible in each passage we read. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Relating to a passage means asking questions like this every single time you read. Who is this talking about? What category does this fall under? Cultural application or personal application? 
Here's something really cool and foundational that I've kept in my back pocket for a while now, and I want you to know this. The Bible is all about God, and it's not all about me. Sure, there are so many passages that apply for us and are for us. Heck, the Bible was written for our edification and encouragement. But what I'm saying is, the Bible is all about God. Its intention was to reveal God, His heart, and His plan for the world. That's why we need to remember this when we seek application. When we look at the Bible, there are two different main kinds of application. One has to do with a specific time and event. That's cultural. And one has to do with us today, here and now. And that's personal. First, cultural application can tell us a lot about who God is, his character, and traits. It can also give us insight on events that have happened in the Bible in the past. But this application doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to us personally. Here's an example. Let's make this more clear. Take the story of Noah and the ark. Some may tell you that after reading the story of Noah's ark, that God is going to do exactly that to our world tomorrow. He's going to bring a flood to the earth, tell us to load up every animal and live in a floating boat for some time. But here's the thing. Just because that story is in the Bible does not mean that it necessarily applies to us and is telling us to do the same things. If we look at the story in context, we find out that God brought the flood to refresh the earth and spare Noah's family to carry on the royal line. We also see that he promised to never flood the earth again. So why would that happen tomorrow? Do you see what's going on here? Stories like this have cultural application. They don't necessarily apply to us. The application is that God is gracious, sovereign, and all-powerful. That he had a plan to save Noah's family so that one day Jesus could be born of their family line. The application is to trust that God is loving, all-powerful, and in control. The application is not that we should build a giant boat, gather up animals because a flood is coming. No, that was a cultural setting, merely a story to tell us about the history of the world, God's character, and his people. A lot of times, the Bible doesn't have specific application for us, but the application is of God's character, what we can learn about him and let that change our lives in the way that we follow him. Personal application, on the other hand, is a little bit easier to explain. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Let's take Galatians 5, for example, the popular fruit of the Spirit passage. Although Galatians was originally written by Paul to the church at Galatia, that letter is also a command for us as believers to keep in step with the Spirit and grow fruits that display Him. We know this is a personal application for us because we are the church, capital C Church. We are believers in the new covenant and cultivating these fruits are ways to live our Christian life. This is an application that we can read in context but also practice in our lives. Can we see the difference between the two? The next step or tip is one that I need to be better at, so stick with me. So like we said earlier, the goal of application is letting God and his truth adjust our lives, right? It's about life change, not just merely looking at the mirror and forgetting. So here's my question. Why are so many of us, speaking to myself here, so quick to move on? Honestly, I can be prone to rush through my devotions and be overcome by busyness and preoccupation. And what's the result? I don't let God's word really implant and impress on my heart. So a big heart posture and application is letting what we've read in the Bible simmer, letting it brew. Think of a soup or a pot of coffee. It takes time for it to simmer, brew, or percolate to taste delicious, right? The same goes for us. We desperately need to, only through the help of the Spirit, let the Word of God simmer in our hearts. We need to let it marinate, sitting long enough to penetrate our hearts. 
Maybe it's a scripture that is convicting a sin in our lives, yet if we brush past it, it doesn't affect us long enough. Now, this doesn't mean we have to sit quietly and in the same position and never leave our rooms, but this does mean not being so quick to fill our minds with other things, to keep the scripture close to our hearts, close to our minds, and constantly praying and asking the Lord to penetrate our hearts with it. Now, the last tip or step I'll give you today is to practice it. This is one of the most obvious steps of application, yet we get really lazy about it. Again, I'm speaking to myself too. Remember that verse in 2 Timothy 3 that we read? The Bible was written to train and equip us, so we need to ask ourselves every time we read, is there an area in my life that needs this truth? We need to ask the Lord that as well, to reveal any areas in our lives that need readjusting and transformation. Consider this an inventory of sorts. Again, what good is the word without actually practicing it? 2 Timothy 3.17 tells us that the goal of our study is to be fully equipped and trained for righteousness to be men and women who are ready and raring to go with the wisdom God's given them. How can we be fully equipped without reading God's word? And then how can we live the life God has called us to if we don't actually apply the truth? Again, true faith overflows into obedience. It overflows into actually wanting to work out our faith for Jesus, not in a legalistic way, but from a heart that knows it's our gift to serve Jesus and obey him. So this is our reminder to ask God to put his finger on a place in your life that needs application. As you let the truth roll around in your mind, ask him to convict you and point out places in need of change. It's not easy to accept change or correction from him, and the truth will always do that. But you know what the result is? It's beautiful, fruitful, and kingdom-advancing life change. It results in bearing more fruit for God and glorifying his kingdom. It's worth every bit of conviction to be sanctified and to become more like Christ. Take hope, friend. People start living differently, more God-honoring when they get serious about studying God's word. We can start to find more purpose, more wisdom, and more excitement about life when we're plugged into God's word. Not only to read it every day, but to strive our best to live and apply it. Whew, okay, let's wrap this episode up. This has been such a joyful time sitting down and talking with you about how God's word can transform the steps and tips and all. I seriously pray that God has given you some nuggets through my words and ultimately through his word to feel confident in applying his truth to your life. To wrap up, let's chat about what life change actually looks like. We've been talking all episode about how God's word transforms our lives, but what does that actually look like? I'm sure you've heard the analogy of the old and new man in 2 Corinthians. Paul explains how there are two sides of us when we're given our life to Christ. It's a battle between the old and the new man. The old meaning our sinful nature and the new meaning our saved, renewed nature through Christ's salvation. Know this, if you've put your faith in Christ, you are that new creation. Scripture affirms that over and over. But here's the tricky part. We aren't made perfect. Spoiler alert. We are sealed, secured, and saved in him, but there is still an imperfect part of our lives. That's the old man, the operating system that really tries to drag us back into sin. So as we read the Bible and ask the Lord to change us, the things that change are our old ways, old beliefs, old values, old behaviors, habits, even relationships, and so much more. If we truly believe that God's worth it, we have to be ready for God to change and strip away that old nature, no matter how painful it might be. Sure, we are the same person in Christ and our identity doesn't change. But what does change is our operating system. The old is replaced with the new, slowly over time, and that's called sanctification. 
That's called allowing God to do a work in our heart and change the way we live. Also, we can be more like Christ. I don't know about you, but that is stinking cool. The fact that God is all about making us like his son, that he's all about changing us for the better. Whoa, that's huge and awesome. Changes anything that comes from the word and transforms our lives so we can live out God's purposes for us better and be more like him. So don't be surprised if change is painful. Don't be surprised if it's uncomfortable or unpleasant, but don't let that scare you from truly reading, studying, and practicing God's word. Ask God to help you taste and see that he's worth following, that he won't change your sweet quirks or characteristics, but he does want to change the way you live. Why? So that you can be more like him, so that you can produce more fruit for him, and so that you can be a brighter light to others for him. All of that being said, let's get into the word daily. Let's come with a humble heart, allowing the word to get into us and then change us. Let's get to know our author and watch our love for him grow. And as our love for him grows, so will our desire to follow him and apply his truth. Thank you so much, friend, for tuning in to today's episode with me. I seriously hope that this episode encouraged you to really lean into the beauty of applying and living God's word for yourself. I pray that you embrace how life-giving it is and walk away with some practical tips to implement it in your own life from this episode. If you enjoyed this episode today, it would be so sweet if you could take a few moments to rate and review True Talks with Tara on iTunes. When you rate and review, it helps the show grow and reach more ears and hearts for Jesus. It expands this community, gives a sweet shot of encouragement, and excites me about continuing to create gospel-centered resources for you. Thank you for simply subscribing, following, and listening to this podcast. Thank you for lending your ears and hearts and growing in faith with me here. Talk to you soon, sweet friend. Here's to being women who know, love, and live God's truth.